Welcome to this Purdue Engineering podcast featuring research that addresses critical issues related to societal resilience in the face of crises and efforts to engineer long-term solutions for a more robust future. My name is Madison Shoemaker and I'm a senior in aeronautical and astronautical engineering known at Purdue as AAE. I'm also an AAE ambassador and on the executive board for my sorority for women in STEM, Phi Sigma Rho. In this episode, we'll be speaking with Rain Day, an associate professor in the School of Aeronautics and Astronautics. Professor Day joined AAE faculty this fall after spending eight years as faculty at Ohio State and Iowa State. We'll learn more about her work with control of autonomous systems, computational optimization, networked with dynamical systems and learning enabled optimal control. Thanks for joining us on this podcast, Professor Day. When did you first know that aerospace engineering was your calling? Thank you for having me here. Before I went to Carnegie, I feel the math and the physics subject are really my favorite courses in the middle school and high school. It naturally lead me to one of the top engineering universities in China. That's Beihang University. At that university, I get chance to learn different technologies related to control of aerospace vehicles. I would like to say that aerospace engineering is one of my interesting fields, and I think I can use my expertise in this area to make new things. As one of the newest professors in AAE, we're eager to hear more about your background. Can you tell us a little more about yourself? Yes. First, I feel very excited about the new position at Purdue, and I really look forward to working with colleagues and students in my new journey at Purdue. I got my bachelor degree from Beihang University back in China. After that, I went to Auburn University, uh, where I got my master and PhD degrees, both in aerospace engineering with focus on dynamics and control. After graduation, I worked in both industry as an engineer and academia as a postdoc fellow. And as you just mentioned, before joining Purdue, I was assistant professor at Ohio State University and Iowa State University. I have get chances to expose to many different kinds of positions and roles in my career and I really feel lucky of getting different experience. Well, we're very excited and fortunate to have you here at Purdue with us. Can you tell us a little why you wanted to join Purdue? My area is in the general autonomy and control. As we all know, Purdue engineering is amongst the top engineering schools. The AE school has a long history of high reputation with many graduates made significant contributions to aerospace fields. So the school also have recently built the world's largest unmanned aerial vehicle indoor test facility. And I get a chance to read that facility before the pandemic. So for those different reasons, as a faculty working on the specific area and autonomy and control, I think it's an ideal position from many perspectives, like the resources, the quality of the students, and the support from both the engineering school and the university. 
Your research involves developing real-time optimal control algorithms for decision-making and path planning of autonomous systems. What can you share about this work with regards to unmanned ground and aerial vehicles? As I just mentioned, um, uh, my work is in the general autonomy and uh, control areas, and my group has developed uh, advanced decision-making and path-planning algorithms to make a dynamic system work more efficiently or more intelligently. The dynamic system I mentioned here, they could be a drone or a mannered ground vehicle. Basically, they do not need human interactions to make them work. We want to figure out if such a dynamic system has restricted mobility or under limited resources, how to accomplish assigned task in an optimal way. For example, can we make them work using minimum fuel or can they accomplish a task in minimum time? So among those work, I particularly focus on realizing long-term autonomy. That is, we try to answer the question how to make a mannered ground and aerial vehicle that work several days or several weeks or even persistently in outdoor environment if they get engaged in some extremely non-duration work. Now let's get into some specifics of your research. Your research groups have developed real-time optimal control algorithms for decision-making and path planning of autonomous systems. You've already received several national awards in your career, including the NSF Career Award. Can you tell us a little more about that project? This project is related to the non-duration operation of unmanned ground and aerial vehicles. And I use the terminology long-term autonomy. We get inspired by the renewable energy, such as the solar energy, which has already been applied in our power system. I aim to extend the operational time of these unmanned vehicles by harvesting solar energy from the environment. And at the same time, I will plan the power usage according to a specified mission to guarantee accomplishment of a mission within a specified contents. Uh, for example, if we want the, those unmanned ground or area vehicles to do a search and rescue that will last several days, how can we make them work without recalling them for recharging? And I can use uh, a hardware we built in my lab as a a practical example. So we all know these days uh, the drone platform, they can barely last about half hour before they get recalled to switch the battery or get recharged. It is impossible to use these drones for the long-term operations such as the green farming uh, or used for the large area surveying. So considering the limitation of existing drone platforms, we designed and built a large-scale solar-powered quadcopter. It has four rotors. In addition, we have installed 88 pieces of 16 by 16 centimeter solar panels on top of the platform. 
and those solar panels significantly extended the operational time of the quadcopter. We also have embedded power management unit that can adjust the quadcopter flying speed under different weather conditions. The overall goal is to maximize the working performance. The specific performance for these non-duration vehicles is their operational time. For this solar-powered quadcopter, it is the world's first large-scale renewable-powered drone with 10 pounds payloads and a duration more than one hour. So we want to push those products, like introduce them to the industry and to have mature product and bring them to the market in the future. The NSF Career Award is amazing in itself, but you also received a NASA Early Career Faculty Award to research and develop a spacecraft that could help put a human footprint on Mars. Will you build upon those techniques to advance the understanding and applications of space vehicles here at Purdue? Yes, that's the plan. I feel very excited to get involved in the NASA entering power descent and ending and landing project. So as we know, so far, NASA has delivered a small robot to the Mars surface. And in the next 10 or 20 years, they plan to deliver astronauts to the Mars surface. And that will be much more challenging compared to delivering a small robot to Mars surface. So if we bring several astronauts to Mars surface, it will increase the payload of the space vehicle. And also we need to bring supplies to the Mars surface. So we know Amazon do not deliver goods to Mars. And that will require the, a space vehicle carry a high payload. And the more challenging point is when the space vehicle reach the boundary of Mars atmosphere, it will have super high speed. So that requires us to decelerate the landing vehicle from a high speed to a zero speed in several minutes. And that speed is super high, as I believe it's like a supersonic speed. So during this process, we need to have a good control of the landing vehicle. First is how to decelerate within several minutes. And also we need to protect the astronauts. And that requires us to generate advanced control algorithm to control the entering and the landing vehicle. So we, what we focus on is we focus on building an onboard guidance algorithm that will guide the entering and the landing vehicle to a specified landing station. So this specified landing station is like an explode station that can host the astronauts once they land on Mars. If you watch the movie Martian, uh, you may remember that astronauts walk several days to get to a station. We don't want it to happen to our astronauts in the future. I really hope the guidance algorithm we designed for this spatial entering and landing vehicle can be applied in the future uh, space missions. What is the most exciting part about your research and what keeps you interested in this work? 
I would say the most exciting part of my work is to make a novel idea turn into real product. And even though we have not been there, but eventually we want industry to bring our products to the society. This job, I feel, is high rewarding. I can see the growth of students along the training. Uh, when I resolved a hard, hard problem with students after continuous discussion and efforts, sometimes it may last several days or more than one year. I feel all these struggles disappear. So both students and I will gain courage to take the next challenge. In addition, technology is evolving faster in almost all areas. I always have the goal of developing the most powerful optimization algorithm and creating the most functional robot. I think getting the best product is always the goal of most faculties. The percentage of women in engineering in the U.S. is typically below 25%, and that number drops significantly the more specialized the job. Where do you think improvement can be made in the industry to increase the number of women in technical roles? Yeah, I agree. The percentage of women, especially in technology area, such as aerospace, is relatively low compared to some other areas. To encourage women in the STEM, especially in the aerospace, I would like to first talk about what a higher education could do to attract women in STEM. From conversation with several female students in high school and middle school, most of them feel being an aerospace engineer seems too challenging and too far away from them. We may need to bridge the aerospace technology with the STEM subjects to make young people know sending satellite to space is not a miracle. It is built on STEM knowledges, and they can contribute to one of them. So in the past years, my lab hosted visitors from local, middle, and high school to show how to make robot work autonomously by providing some simple demo. I also give open public lecture in the topic the path of being an aerospace engineer, especially to middle and high school female students. I believe these interaction activities will encourage more female into STEM. So from the industry perspective, I think if the industry could provide similar opportunities such as internship, job shadowing, and benefits orientated for female employees, it will increase the number of women in technical roles. I have to say, it takes time, but we all see the trend like in the positive way. We can see the percentage compared to 10 or 20 years ago, the women engagement is getting increased. It may take several generations of efforts to improve the situation to get to the ideal point, but we all have the hope it will get better and better. 
So what advice would you share with potential undergraduate and graduate students who might be interested in working in your area of interest? My suggestion is uh, find uh, the most interested uh, subject and the motivation may be the most important thing in the known career. They may get uh, frustrated during this process, especially for PhD student. Almost all the PhD student have some frustration period without progress of their research. So under those difficult times, the motivation may be the most important thing. And the other suggestion I will give them is being persistent and being patient and the success will come at the end. Thank you, Professor Day, for your time and discussing your exciting research with us. Be sure to listen to our other Purdue Engineering podcasts and see the show notes on the podcast website for additional information about the School of Aeronautics and Astronautics at Purdue.